Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Hello everybody out there in Bourbon Real Talk land, Randy Sullivan coming to you today with a very interesting topic. What we're going to talk about today is blending barrels for batches. Is it an art form or is it marketing bullshit? Now, the reason why I'm passionate about this is because I've been seeing a whole lot of talk about blending. People are becoming more aware of what a master blender is from Scotland, and they play a very important role over there in Scotland. In the United States, we tend to put more emphasis on the master distiller. But over there, the blender's really the superstar of the show. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about that because I'm seeing a lot of brands put a lot of emphasis on their blending technique and try and use that as a marketing tool to get you to want to buy their products. So the first thing we're going to have to start off with is what does the word blend mean? And it is actually a very confusing term because it means different things from different regions and on different applications. So first off, the word blended in Scotland means the whiskey is made from whiskey that came from multiple distilleries, or it's made from whiskey that has multiple mash bills, meaning they're not all malted barley, or a combination of the two. In all fairness, that is an oversimplification, so Scotch lovers that are brilliant about that, I'm not, please don't kill me, but basically it just means blending of distilleries, blending of grains, or a combination of the two. Uh, but in the United States, blended means something a little bit different. In the US, it basically means that the product isn't pure. So if you've watched very many of my videos, you know that all Mashable whiskeys in the United States have to be completely unadulterated. So basically, it's just water, grain, yeast, barrel, and that's pretty much it, okay? But if you add the word blended to the bottle, now it kind of becomes a crapshoot because you can put all kinds of stuff in a blended whiskey in the United States. It can have what's basically uncut vodka, which is grain neutral spirit. They can add colorings, they can add flavorings and all of that other stuff. So I would probably say don't buy blended whiskey in the United States unless you really know what you're going for. If you just want something that you're gonna guzzle down and not pay any attention or you're gonna mix it in a mixer, fine. Uh, but, you know, if you're looking for a whiskey experience where you're going to pay attention, you're going to try and grow your palate, blendeds are probably something that you would avoid. But there are some notable exceptions, like uh, MGP has a brand called Aiton Sands. It's all completely unadulterated whiskey, but it has to go in the category of blended because it does have some light whiskey in it, which that's for another podcast. But when you start to blend different styles of whiskey together, sometimes it forces it into that blended category. But for the most part, blended means adulterated in the United States. Now, there's another term, very similar, blend of. Blend of could be completely unadulterated whiskey because there's a rule that you can't take whiskeys from two different states and blend them together and then call that a straight whiskey. And so sometimes you'll see on a bottle, like uh, I, I know that High West has, uh, Midwinter Night's Dram, has whiskey from multiple states in it. 
and often you'll you'll see it says blend of straight whiskey. Now, whenever I see that, I don't avoid that whiskey. I'm going to check the back label and see, is there disclosure about why it's a blend of? And if it says that it's 100% straight whiskey from, say, Indiana, mixed with 100% straight whiskey from, you know, their original state of distillation, it's just because it's two different states that's totally okay. It's basically a straight whiskey, but legally they have to say blend of. And then the last is just the generic term of blending. What does blending mean? Well, in the United States, when we say blending, typically what we mean is a distillery is marrying together barrels. Okay, so usually they own all of those barrels and they are putting them together to make a batch because unless it says it's a single barrel, it is a batched product and it does have whiskey in it from multiple barrels. The word batch uh, small batch in particular is a marketing term. It's not a legal term. So it doesn't necessarily mean anything. A small batch to a giant distillery might be 2,000 barrels. A small batch to a small distillery might be two barrels. Hey there, Bourbon Real Talk listeners and watchers. Randy Sullivan here. Wanted to take a quick break to tell you how you can support the channel. We've had a lot of people that have come into the Bourbon Real Talk family lately, and we're grateful for every one of you. But unlike a lot of other channels, we don't have a Patreon, and I don't allow anyone to sponsor the show. So what I do have, though, is some merchandise. We have Bourbon Real Talk hats. We've got Bourbon Real Talk t-shirts. Very soft, high quality. We also have Whiskey Wife t-shirts for the long-suffering significant others in our lives. We have full-size Glens for when you need an official whiskey tasting experience. We have Weeglins for when, you know, you want to drink a little bit less. Maybe try a few extra samples. We have insulated tumblers for when you want to drink incognito. We have full-size Glen lanyards for when you need hands-free access at a bottle share. We've got candles, including charcoal and tonka, leather, and Cuban cigar. We have one and two ounce whiskey sample storage boxes. And of course... We have the American Whiskey Aroma Kit for when you want to step your whiskey game up and be able to break a whiskey down to its components. If you saw any of this stuff, you want to support the channel, you can head on over to bourbonrealtalk.com forward slash shop and pick something up. But if you just want to hang out here and learn, I'm totally happy with that as well. Just happy to have you as a listener. Now, there's two styles of blending or two types of blending, okay? The first type is blending for flavor. And this is a scenario where you are finding barrels that have specific characteristics that you enjoy, and you bring those barrels together in a batch because it's gonna produce a better flavor profile than it would if you had done those barrels as a single barrel. And the barrels often, when you're blending for flavor, are too special to just be thrown into a big black batch because that special flavor that you're tasting might get blended out by the quantity of barrels that are in that particular batch. And so there's blending for flavor. I used to be scared to death of blending because blending can be a beautiful art form that takes years and years and years to be able to do it properly. Um, and that's where the second type of blending comes in. And that's when you're blending for profile. So blending for profile are when you are trying to make a batch that tastes just like the last batch. And if you've ever had the opportunity to taste single barrels of whiskey, you know that there's huge variation from barrel to barrel. Even if everything else that you did was exactly the same in the manufacturing process, 
the barrel will impart different flavors and it's very difficult for you to con- produce a consistent flavor profile. If you're Jim Beam or Maker's Mark and somebody buys a bottle of whiskey in Texas, that same person needs to be able to fly to Germany, buy that same brand, and it tastes the same. That is an art form. And there's a reason why blenders often have the title Master Blender. It's because you have to become a master of that craft. And you also have to have a lot of barrels to be able to do that, right? And you have to have larger batch sizes so that any one particular barrel's influence is not enough to overwhelm the other barrel. Um, So when you're blending for flavor, uh, typically that is done at a distillery that has a standard product, a shelf available product, and they blend for flavor for their special releases because there's going to be inconsistency uh, when they're blending for flavor. But when they're blending for profile, you have to have a lot of barrels to be able to do that. And you will develop a strategy over time, right? Because you know that this particular shelf line product, if you get X number of barrels from this warehouse and these floors and you blend it together, that you're going to be pretty close. And then all you have to do is adjust it at the end to get those last few barrels in there. They're going to fix the flavor profile to get you on profile. But that's why it's such a beautiful art form. And it's why master blenders are so well respected, not only in Scotland, but also in the United States. So that brings me to the point of this, of whether or not it is an art form or it's marketing BS. And what you have to understand is that if you're not an enormous distillery that has a large number of barrels available to you for your blending program, or if you don't sell off the barrels that you have in your possession that don't fit into your blend, then there's really no way for you to blend for for flavor, right? And the reason why I say that is I am involved in the Prideful Goat. Uh, Prideful Goat is a non-distiller producer. We buy finished whiskeys from other companies and we put them together in batches and we sell them. And our objective with the Prideful Goat is to always provide you a product that represents a relative value. Often we're not the only ones that are buying that juice. And when we buy that juice, and forgive the term juice, it's a term that's you know passed around in the industry. I know it more specifically applies to wine, but people use it in association with bourbon inside the industry, so I use it. So we're buying the same juice as a lot of other non-distiller producers, which means that there's a little bit of variance because of the variance between the barrels that we got versus the ones that they got. But still, you know, you could probably buy a similar product through another producer. And our goal is to always release that product at the lowest available price. We want to be the best value for that juice. And I believe the products will probably always be cash strength and non-chill filtered because we're targeting the enthusiast market. And that's typically what enthusiasts wants. But once I got involved in the NDP side of things, I started to realize like some of this marketing information that I'm receiving it it doesn't really line up with the way that things work because when you're a non-distiller producer and you're going out and you're purchasing barrels, you don't get to taste every single barrel before you buy it. And, And that's information that most people don't have. You buy barrels in batches and sometimes they won't even let you taste the barrel before you have to decide whether or not you're gonna buy the batch. That's not super common, but it does happen. So if somebody comes to me and says, hey, Randy, we have a lot of whatever the case may be, 100 barrels of XYZ whiskey, um, do you want it? Well, typically I say, send me some samples. 
Well, they'll send me usually a small number of samples from that batch. And I got, I have to make my decision of whether or not I want all 100 barrels off of those samples. And let's say that I buy it. Well, now I've got to get the barrels. I have to taste through all of those barrels and I have to parse them and decide which ones do I want to put into my single barrel program and which ones taste pretty similar to the other ones that are just going to go into my batch product. And that's exactly what we've done at the Prideful Goat. And we will have the small batch rye coming out and we, we will have some single barrel expressions of that rye available for you. But do you know what's not going to happen? We're not going to find a barrel that we didn't like all that much and dump it, right? So you have to understand that every single drop of whiskey that gets bought is going to be put into a bottle when you're an NDP, especially when you're a smaller NDP. You just don't have money to waste whiskey. And whiskey is very, very expensive. These barrels are, you know, 3,000, 4,000. I've seen barrels as high as $12,000 for whiskey. You're gonna buy a $12,000 barrel of whiskey take a sip of it and decide it's not on profile for your brand and then just go dump it down the drain? Of course you're not. And so that's why I say that if you don't have a brand that's huge, meaning your batches are so large that when you find a barrel that you don't like that much, you still throw it in the blend, but you're going you're gonna to blend it out with a large number of barrels which most of the smaller NDPs, they don't qualify for that because they're not putting batches together that are that big. And if you're not selling off the barrels that you don't like, well, everything's going in the bottle regardless. So basically NDPs, they don't control the process. They don't control what barrels they buy. If they are contract distilling, it's a little bit different, okay? Contract distilling and non-distiller producers are not the same thing. A contract distiller is when you go to a different distillery and say, I want you to make my whiskey this way, right? But a non-distiller producer is buying an already in-production whiskey that they had no influence over the grain, okay? So the non-distiller producer gets what they get and they don't throw a fit. Um, and I've started to notice that some of them have, have started saying, oh, well, the magic ingredient for our whiskey is, um, it, it is our blending technique, Okay. Now, some of them are saying the reason why you want to buy our whiskey is because it is inconsistent. Are you a whiskey lover? Are you a whiskey enthusiast? You want to try a bunch of new things? Well, go no further. You can just keep buying our releases and you're going to be able to try something new with every release because of the way that we get our whiskey. There's tons of variants. But sometimes they're telling you, you should buy our whiskey because we're so good at blending that we are going to blend with the perfect profile every single time. It may not taste the same as the last, but we picked the barrels that we knew would taste the best together. Um, and so now let's talk a little bit about how NDPs get their whiskey delivered to them because that also affects what they can do blending wise. So some of the time that you're buying whis whiskey, it's not coming to you in a barrel. Some of the time the whiskey comes to you in shipping containers. And so this is the Prideful Goat. The Prideful Goat was born because I was trying to set up a single barrel selection for the club that I had made someone say whiskey. Later found out that they weren't getting the whiskey in barrels. They were getting it in 330 uh, gallon totes. And one tote is about 1,300 bottles. Since I didn't feel comfortable making the commitment to sell out 1,300 bottles, I reached out to Christopher Hart from the Houston uh, Whiskey Social, Houston Bourbon Society, and said, hey, do you want to partner on this thing? And he said, forget that. Let's do a private label. 
let's go ahead and create a new brand around this. And we were off to the races. Um, but sometimes you get it in a tote. Um, now, when you get it in a tote, it wasn't like there was somebody at the original producer that's tasting all of the barrels and going, put these five in this tote and these seven in this tote because these ones will go together good and these ones will go together good. It doesn't work like that. Just whatever barrel happens to roll off of the line is the next one that gets dumped in. When it's full, they move to the next tote. And so you end up with a, a small batch blend in each tote, but there was no rhyme or reason why those barrels were put in there. So there is variance between the totes. Um, but, you know, then when you get the whiskey, if you start talking about your blending technique, it's kind of kind of dishonest because most of the blending was done haphazardly by accident. Um, now, that does not necessarily mean that the whiskey's not good because what I have learned is that if you blend good whiskey with good whiskey, you're not going to end up with bad whiskey. And that's why I actually am a proponent for infinity bottles. An infinity bottle is usually a decanter that you take a little bit of a lot of the open whiskeys that you have and you pour it into your decanter and you let it kind of marry together in there. And then when your friends come over, if they want to try something unique, they can try that. And in my case, I have a decanter that has hundreds of different whiskeys that are in it at this point and everything valuable that I've ever had open. And so there's, you know, Van Winkles and B tax and all of that stuff. But I personally chose never to put anything in my decanter that I didn't think was great. And I have a decanter that I've taken to a, a blind competition that almost won out of 20 something available shelf line products because it's really good whiskey that's in there. So if you find out that they're getting their whiskey shipped to them in shipping containers, don't be afraid to buy it. If the whiskey was good, the shipping container's also going to taste good. Uh, but some of the time, you actually do get your whiskey either in a barrel or a shipping container, but for whatever reason, you want to give it some additional character. And sometimes you can rebarrel it. Okay, so if you're an NDP, and you're getting finished whiskey from someone else and you're putting that whiskey into a new barrel, whether it be a new charred container or it be some sort of a used barrel and you're doing some finishing process, now you've got some influence. Now you might be able to make those claims that, that, that you were blending for profile because you may have tasted that whiskey and said, you know what, I think it needs a little bit more of this. So you went out and you found a way to add that thing. And if you're doing that, I feel like you're being a little bit more honest when you start talking about your blending techniques. And, and some of the times when you buy barrels, you just, you just get them in barrels. And in those instances, you know, you may, again, influence those barrels by saying, hey, these barrels were born in Indiana and aged at MGPI, which is a very, very mild aging environment, probably pretty similar to Scotland only about 10% temperature differential change. And a lot of the NDP whiskey out there comes from MGPI. Super high humidity. The barrels drop in proof over time as they age. And so it's this real gentle environment. So in, in my case, we've bought some MGPI barrels before and then said, hey, let's age them in Texas for a little bit and see what this really harsh Texas climate does to this whiskey while it's in the barrel. And if you're doing something like that, well, okay, maybe you are a little bit more honest when you make the claim that you are blending for profile. What do NDPs do, though? They, they, some of them will do things to affect the flavor of the whiskey so that they can blend it. Um, but typically, they're not dumping the bad barrels out they're not refinishing the, the bad barrels. And sometimes that is a solution. Sometimes people will finish barrels that they don't like the flavor profile. 
to get it so that it's more influenced by a port barrel or a sherry barrel or a rum barrel or something else to give it a little bit more flavor. Um, but, you know, unless they're finishing, all of those barrels are going to get dumped. They're going to be put in a batch and they are going to be bottled because NDPs operate off of razor thin margins and they can't afford to waste whiskey. They might sell the off profile barrels, but chances are pretty good uh, that they wouldn't be able to do that because they're not buying millions of barrels. You know, most of the time when they buy a lot, it's going to be something smaller. And if they find a few barrels in there that are off profile and then they go, hey, somebody else, do you want to buy two barrels from me? And the people are like, two barrels? You don't even make whiskey. Why would you, you know, be selling two barrels? Well, because I don't like them. <laughs> you know, it, 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 and the point that I'm trying to make is that whiskey's going to probably get used one way or the other. So in conclusion, I would say that if there's a smaller producer or a non-distiller producer that's putting a bunch of emphasis on their blending technique, I'm going to call it marketing bullshit. Um, chances are all that whiskey's getting put in there, regardless of what it does to the blend, and they're not big enough to blend out the flavor profiles that they don't like. Now, that haven't been said. If you know of an NDP that you really like to buy their products and they're making a big stink about how they're great at blending and all of this stuff, don't turn your back on them, right? Because a little bit of trickery and whiskey marketing has been part of making whiskey ever since whiskey's been made in the United States. And I don't think that Prohibition helped with that at all, since most of the bootleggers were the ones that rebuilt after Prohibition and they were gangsters and they weren't afraid to lie to sell their product. So there's a lot of marketing stories out there that aren't 100% true. Um, you know, the Baptist minister, Elijah Craig, didn't create bourbon. Um, Four Roses didn't come up with the, the name Four Roses because of an, a, an engagement proposal. I mean, there's a lot of marketing stories out there that are not 100% true, but they're fun to tell, and it helps to, to grow the brand. Um, and, and just keep in mind that if somebody's that small and they can't really blend out the flavor profiles they don't like, they can still make an excellent product. Just don't expect it to be super consistent, and then you will never be disappointed. And if you can, try before you buy. So that is my TED Talk, if you will, on blending and what it means in the United States. If this is the first time that you've watched this channel, I'd like to introduce you to our show philosophy. So Bourbon Real Talk is about bringing people together around whiskey. Whiskey has an amazing ability to connect individuals together. And that's something that's very important to me because, unfortunately, I lost my brother to suicide in 2014. And in the aftermath, if you've ever dealt with anything like that, you ask yourself a lot of questions about how could this happen. And what I realized was is I knew he had problems, but I didn't know that he felt that desperate and alone. And that makes me think that there might be somebody out there in your life that also feels that way. And later on, I started to get more involved in the whiskey community, and I saw how whiskey was bringing people together of all walks of life, regardless of whatever their you know, political affiliation or what religion they subscribe to or their sexual orientation. People of all walks of life were being brought together and feeling connection because of the connected power of bourbon. And I thought to myself, if I want to help this world feel more connected, and help other people avoid the pain that I went through in losing my brother, maybe if I got people connected to whiskey, it would help 
them get connected to others. And so that's kind of the show philosophy. And I also observed, even inside the whiskey community, since most of it's online, that there's a lot of people who will say hateful or negative things to other people online, especially around political season. And it made me realize that if somebody can hate a stranger that they don't really know, that all they've seen is their profile online, then it must be possible for me to love a stranger that I don't really know that all I've seen is their profile online. And that's why I end every episode with the same sign off, and that is this. If you woke up this morning and you were unsure whether or not anyone loved you, just know that I love you. And I'll see you next time on Bourbon Talk. Yeah, so my wife and I play this game where she's like, hey, will you hang some pictures? And I look her in the eyes and I say, you get to tell me one time where you want these picture frames and you cannot change your mind. And every single time after I've got it all laid out, guess what? Doesn't look right and I got to change it. And I've wasted all of that work. And that happened yesterday when I was trying to mount these pictures up here. I got everything all. Do you know how hard it is to line up nine different things so that they're perfectly in alignment and they've got a gap and none of them can be crooked because it would stick out like a sore thumb and you get it all totally laid out? And you know what she told me? She said, I told you to mount the center one eye level. And I said, it is. I, my eye is 66 inches off to the ground. And she said, I meant my eye level. So guess what? I had to redo the whole thing. Wasn't fun. But luckily I got to hide the holes I'd already drilled in the wall underneath some of the already existing pictures. So it's a whole thing. So we good with just this boom mic? Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.